0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Welcome to the Human-Animal Connection Show, where we believe we can communicate with all animals. Join us as we explore the 33 principles and healing methods of the Human-Animal Connection. As animal lovers, we know that you share our commitment to making the world a kinder place for all creatures. Together, let's embrace the transformative healing power of the human animal connection
1: hi welcome back to the human animal connection show i'm your host mike overly and i am with genie joseph genie welcome
2: thank you good be welcome. here so yeah.
1: excited about our last conversation
2: oh yeah that was good we were really talking about sensory awareness and how that can bring us into the present which brings us right to today's episode which is Animal Presence, and it is all about how animals are masters of the present. And I know you've been exploring that with your book and your work and your dog, Indigo. So I know we're going to have a fun conversation about that.
1: Oh, I, I have learned so much more from my dogs around this topic than I have any other person.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a way in which animals really can help us, you know, teach us. Not, I don't want to say that they're teachers as a profession, but, but they can help us understand what it means to be present because they are most often in the present. They're not always in the present. They can get, just like humans, they can get stuck in something or worry about something, but they're so easily brought back to the present by a touch, a look, a sound, you know, a, a treat, a, a toy, a, a walk, a sniff, all of these sensory gateways back to the present can really show us what it's like to just use our own senses. What's here right now? What do we see in front of us? What do we hear? What do we taste? What what does it feel like in our body right now? These are all ways that we can come back to the present. And thinking, of course, gets us, uh, can cause us to dwell on the past or to worry about the future. But getting in touch with the senses can be a really fast way to come back to the right here, right now.
1: I agree. So how in your experience, how do animals actually teach us to be more present?
2: By showing us their example, by being, you know, fully in the moment. Like when an animal gazes into your eyes, or when an animal rolls on the ground and just gets that just that fun rolling, 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 and you know, adjusting their whole body is like free chiropractic adjustment. You know, if we could just roll, we probably wouldn't need to pay chiropractors. <laughs> Maybe we would, but you know, it's just a wonderful thing to be able to just pay attention to what your body needs. Does your body need to roll? Does your body need to stretch? You know how they just wake up and first thing they do is a nice little stretch and they're just getting into their bodies. They're coming back in from dream world. Do they dream? It's now been shown that animals dream, but they just take a moment to use their sensations of the pleasure of stretching. And you could, you know, just watching that can remind us that this is This is so beautiful to just be right here, right now. This is where our power is. This is where our truth is. This is where pleasure is. Right here, right now.
1: Yeah, I love that. We had mentioned it before about just the act of petting a dog, just sitting and quietly, softly petting a dog or a cat, um, (laughs) any animal, or or horse, whatever. Yeah, um, just brings you right here. Yeah, and you can your thoughts can. Start to dissipate, and you just have this this energetic deepening with just with a sense of touch and and for me, I start to become more aware of of everything else. Yes, even, even though it softens, I just become more open to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know, it, and nature can do this for us too. I mean, it, for me, the clouds do that. You know, like just looking at the clouds. I love that sense of movement, you know, that where sometimes very slow, but that sense of just really looking at the clouds and really seeing, paying attention to the shade of the blue or the shade of the white or whatever shade it is to just notice that moving tapestry that brings me into the present. So animals, nature, I mean, it, you know, it's good to know what is it for each of us that brings us into the present? For some people it could be cooking, for some people it could be working on their motorcycle, walking their dog, and whatever it is. But it's that way in which we remember our senses. We re- remember, get back connected to our body and our yeah. sensations. That is just such an extraordinary experience. But it's interesting. I, I find that the students in our human-animal connection workshops sometimes, if they're not haven't been doing this work, it can be really like shocking to feel good, you know. Like it's it's, um, and this is where we start with, good doggy. You know, we we start with recognizing that the dog is good, and when we say good dog, good doggy, whatever, in that sort of sweet feeling not not just like perfunctory, but when we really mean it, we get an experience of goodness. And for some people, if they don't think they're worthy of goodness, it can be a challenge to let in goodness. It can actually be, you know, like uh, uh, an obstacle. And so, we actually have to help people reconnect with their sense of goodness, allowing themselves to feel good, to give themselves permission to feel good, because they might have been raised with the you know, some set of beliefs about you shouldn't feel good. You should work hard or whatever it is, you know, some other um, anti-good programming that goes on in the world, you know, it does because we have to conform to society. So we're often not paying attention to what feels good in order to be able to withstand that cubicle all day long. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, you know, whatever prison we're in. So it's, it's, a we actually have to retrain the nervous system to feel good And when I work with volunteering in shelters with traumatized dogs, sometimes they can't accept good because they are so filled with the fear and the memory of bad. And it's actually, I have to reintroduce them to the goodness of my presence, the goodness of my touch, the goodness of a treat. All of these elements will not feel safe if an animal's been too traumatized, especially if they've been traumatized by people. The last thing they want is another person to come into their little cell. A little there. And so I have to be aware that they may not be ready to receive goodness right away. But if I'm slow and I get present, it's so delicious that very soon I've never had an animal not respond. Some take a little longer than others, but they all go, wow, this, this is calmness. This is presence. This feels good. I want some of this. Maybe this person isn't so bad, you know? Okay and pretty soon we're 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 on the on the pathway back to being willing to let goodness in. And once they let goodness in, they are much more adoptable because people want to adopt a dog that feels good to them because the dog feels good. Dogs that are too scared, most people are going to walk right on by that kennel. They're not going to, you know, they don't because they don't know that they can heal that dog. So they're going to, you know, and they don't want to scare it anymore, so they just keep walking, and that dog gets completely ignored. So, to helping them to feel their goodness and come back into present time is is the pathway back to wholeness.
1: Yeah, oh, it's amazing. I had a similar experience with the dog. I was doing some sessions for a local uh, rescue, and this dog was just she didn't want you within ten feet of her. Yeah, and I was ju- I was just trying to you know just send her some gentle some some gentle loving energy. And- and she wasn't having it, and, yes. and at first I wasn't paying attention. And she's like, you know, basically in my head I got do it back off. Right. Good
2: for you for listening. And I was like,
1: oh, yeah. So I, t- I turned, yeah, stopped what I was doing and just yes. sat with my back to her, right At the, the edge of the kennel, and yeah. just let her do her thing. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that helped a lot for both of us.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Well, good for you for listening because a lot of people will miss that cue and think, oh, I'm going to go give this dog healing. No, it's not about, you know, imposing your healing energy. You know, we really need to tune in a dog that's very traumatized, may not be ready for even the most beautiful, loving, glorious, angelic energy Mm -hmm. because they're not ready to receive. So we actually have to, when we, the work that we do, we teach our students how to dose the energy, meaning we'll we'll give uh, five or 10 seconds worth of really healing, beautiful energy, and then we back off to a more neutral, more calm, what we'll call in the trust technique, mindful regard. We're just simply observing the animal with no, we're not trying to fix anything or give them anything or adjust anything. We're just being mm-hmm. present. And then as they show us in their body that language, that they're ready, then we may go back and give them some more energy, you know, a, a jolt of energy. But until they're ready, if you give them too much peace, it can actually upset them more because they're not ready to receive. And the same thing with people. If you just, mm-hmm. you can't just go around trying to heal people like in the grocery store, right? <laughs> you know, that's not yeah. appropriate, right?
1: <laughs> right. Well, it, for some animals and people, that feels really intense to them at that time right. because right. of where they are. We talked yeah. in the last episode about nervous systems and you know theirs can be completely hopped up and we can't see that and if we're not tuned into them we don't feel it as well and so we go in as mm, me mighty healer you know um that's just too much.
2: Yep we're going to find out real fast that that's not the way. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know we're actually not doing them any good by dosing them with with love or you know even with good intentions you know our intention is to have them feel better but we have to work at their pace their pace of willingness to receive and so that's where we need to pay attention with our senses with being present to seeing is the animal giving me uh towards energy and body language or away energy and body language and we as we observe that then we can calibrate what we're offering so that it's a match to the receiver And that's the role of the healer is is not to just impose healing on people like, you know, involuntary healing or something, but to really pay attention. What is the person's being's readiness, willingness, how much, how, you know, and sometimes I'll work with some animals and they want five seconds of healing energy, like that full full on healing energy. And that's enough. And then maybe later they want some more or not. Sometimes it's just a very traumatized animal, like the hoarding cases, they can take about a second of healing energy, and then you just have to go back to the neutral place of letting them be where they are, yeah. and then you'll see if they're ready for more, they'll come. They'll, they will indicate to you in their body language, they will move towards me, um, or get closer or engage me in some way through eye contact, even if it's not changing the distance, but they're going to let me know in some way that they're ready for another dose, and if not, I just wait.
1: Yeah, that's it's important, right? With with the animals and humans as well to hold that space. Yeah. But you don't actually have to do something all the time. So that's
2: right. And it's the alternation. Um, you know, I learned this the importance of alternation, just like in frequency, we, we you know, we want to give energy and then we want to step back and receive energy and then we want to give. So there's a nice little flow according every situation is different in terms of the rate. Some some animals can take 20, 30 minutes. Of deep healing especially after they've had some and they know that it's good but often a very traumatized animal you're going to be do- working in very brief intervals
1: yeah and we need to listen and yeah, pay listen. attention to what they're trying to give us back
2: right exactly because they will tell us through their body language or through if they're uh, good communicators they'll communicate in other ways, but lots of ways that they're going to communicate to us that they are ready for more or not ready for more. It doesn't mean that they don't need more or later they'll want more, but in that moment, they're full. They're full with what they can receive, and if you're giving past what they can receive, it actually is uh, triggering. It can actually be disturbing. It can create unpeace, and we'll see this sometimes when we are working with a group of dogs all together in a room, and we'll do our our methods to get peaceful we get very peaceful and all of them will drop except maybe one of them's not quite ready and they'll be a oh, the little whiny little bit, like they'll, they'll actually get more activated at first but then we we back off our our intensity and then they come down and then pretty soon they're all down you'll see all dogs just drop <laughs> into this very peaceful laying down position it's really fun to see that in a group and when i go to the shelter sometimes i'll i'll um you know, when someone comes in, they'll all go off barking and the whole they all go off at once. It's very hard for them and for us. And I'll just get peaceful and the whole line will calm down. Now, if somebody else comes through with disturbed energy, they'll bark again, but but it'll be less. It'll be less because they're they have more of a of, of a full safety tank if they've been given some healing.
1: You have a workshop that you do with horses called the power of presence. Yes. Can you tell us more about that?
2: It's a really fun workshop. We work with horses and with donkeys, um, all different animals, but these two workshops are with horses and donkeys, not together separately. (laughs) But um, what we do, like, what's an interesting thing about donkeys, I'll just tell you about the donkeys first, is that... Donkeys have gotten a bad rap as being stubborn or stupid, but what's really true about donkeys is they have an innate sense of safety and self preservation, and they will only do what feels right to them. I mean, you can force a donkey, you know, beat them or whatever, and make them do something you don't want to do, but if they're free to choose, they will only choose what's safe. And this is a tremendous value for us as humans because we will often do what's unsafe, you know, for lots of reasons good and bad reasons we'll do things that are unsafe for us but then what if we keep overriding our sense of safety then we lose connection with it and we can't tell what's safe anymore what really is good for us we don't know if this path is better than that path because we can't feel our sense of safety with either one you know so in this workshop we teach the people how to get fully present and what's fascinating, and we're all sitting in a circle with the donkey, let's say, for example, and we're sitting in a circle, but lots of space between so the donkey can weave in and out as the donkey wishes. And what what people will see is as they get truly peaceful, the donkey is fascinated and wants to come and be in your field and sniff you and touch you and look at you and be touched by you. But if you're busy thinking, the donkey is less interested. And so it becomes instant, donkey feedback, like biofeedback, but donkey feedback, <laughs> because it's absolutely precise. You know, just a, a moment I can be very peaceful and then something happens. I think, oh, I got to do this thing later or whatever. I go out of peace and the donkey's less interested. is going to move to someone else. And so it's fascinating to work with animals who are very present to help us understand our own presence or lack. And so it becomes a tremendous training tool for us to fine tune our ability to stay present, to go deeper. There's this one horse where I work, where I volunteer, and um, his name is Blue. He's 40 years old, which is very old for a horse. Most horses live into their 20s, but this horse is all holistic farrier and food and best environment, just great, lives in a herd. No stalls, you know, wonderful. Um, But Blue is a very fine communicator. And he will only talk to me if I'm at the highest level of my capacity. Like if I'm just in ordinary consciousness, he's not going to talk to me. If I'm just like chit chat mode, he's not going to talk. But if I'm very peaceful and very refined, he will come in. And so he's taught me a lot about recognizing when I'm really present or when I'm less than present because he's only interested in talking when I'm really here, really present. And at my most balanced my most equanimity you know my most balanced state that's when he wants to engage and he'll go for months without talking to me until i'm you know in the right frame of mind and all of a sudden it's like oh wow blue just talked to me like it's, well, that's that may be a leap for some people who don't believe in animal communication but for those of us who do animal communication this is kind of yeah of course that's the way it is you know? yeah
1: yeah, he, he's at the master's level, right? He
2: really is. He really is yeah. incredibly refined. And and whenever he shares anything, it's ne- it's really, you know, kind of like, ah, oh. you know, it's like meeting with the Buddha, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's never trivial.
1: No, no. Well, none, none of it is, right? But there, yeah. with like anything else, there's different levels of, um, you could say, accomplishment or mastery. And um, levels
2: of consciousness, you know, and, yeah. and and um, beings will move. You know, I, I suppose there are some people that have like elevated, enlightened, or whatever, but for the most part, we're all moving up and down levels of consciousness mm-hmm. across the day, across the week, across the year. So, you know, we'll have high and low experiences. And what blue taught me was if he if I want to talk to him, I need to rise to his level, he's not just going to chit chat just because I ask him a question. I
1: love that. I love that. Blue, thank you much. Yeah, blue is amazing. It's a great place to stop. Let's take a quick break, folks, and we'll be right back.
0: Hey, friends. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn more, check out Dr. Joseph's book, The Human-Animal Connection, Deepening Relationships with Animals and Ourselves. Or visit the website thehumananimalconnection.org to book an online consultation. Thank you for loving animals. Now back to the show. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com
1: Alright, hey folks, welcome back to the Human Animal Connection show. I'm having so much fun with this today. i um, my experiences with my dogs and um, my own work and meditation and being present and not always staying present. Uh, I find this yeah. just fascinating. So I'm super excited about this. Thanks, Gene.
2: Well, thank you for mentioning staying present, because unless we're saints, we're not going to stay present. So we're going to move in and out of presence and levels of presence. We can be a little present, a lot presence or, you know, so it's a movable thing. And it's it's not something that you know, as people who were not yet enlightened or whatever, we're going to move in and out of it. We're going to be present sometimes, and then stressors come up or things we have to think about pull us out of the moment, and we leave the presence. But the the skill is to recognize it. Oh wow, I'm not here. My dog just showed me. Uh, the dog can tell a dog, just left the room. Okay, maybe I'm a little stressed right now. I think I need to calm down. <laughs> you know, so the the goal is not to sustain presence as an absolute state. Maybe it is for some people, but I think in, in we live in the modern world, we're not we still have to pay the rent or pay the mortgage, whatever you're paying. You know, we still have to function. So we're gonna move in and out of presence. The issue is can we recognize when we're not present? And do we know our own pathway quickly back to presence? And as we've been talking about going through the senses, what do I see right in front of me? What do I hear right now? What do I feel right now? What's my dog doing right now? These are some of the doorways back into the experience of being right here right now.
1: Darby, my last dog, was um, very skilled at realizing um, and communicating to me when I needed a break. Yes, right. Just you know, banging away on the computer, work, 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 and he'd um he'd come and get me, or he'd, yeah. he'd stand, at, he'd stand at the the sliding door, yeah, and I'd go to let him out, and it took me I don't know how many times before I got it. But I'd open the door, and he'd just stand there. He wouldn't even budge.
2: Yeah, and he'd look yeah.
1: at me. And yeah. one day, one day, I was like, I got it, and I heard yeah. him say, "No, you need to go outside with me."
2: Right, right. And I was
1: like, Oh, so I stepped outside, and then he followed. Yes. Exactly right. Okay. So yeah. we, yeah, so we get, we get some little cues established and he'd uh, he could give me a little nudge
2: or a little look and I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me, let me shut this down. Yeah exactly you know they can feel it they can feel when we've been like been too long in a cycle and they're going to come and interrupt that cycle if we're paying attention if we're not paying attention we could just ignore it but the truth is they have something to say like hey let's take a break you yeah. know <laughs> let's go get back to the senses you know i know you have to do this work but let's go get back to sophia will do that with me too and it's a wonderful thing when 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 we're in partnership with our animals to pay attention to what they're attending to mm-hmm. and they will attend to The different changes in our presence whether we're here or not here and it's not as much fun for them when we're not here because it's not it's it's a vibrationally it's not as comfortable an experience it's like the way we feel when we're you know if we have to go see a doctor and we can tell he's not really in the room with us he's you know Eight other patients in his brain or something, or, you know, he's stressed. It's not real fun. You don't feel like really talking to that person because no. you can feel they're not really there and they just are, have to be there or whatever it is. And so the animals really feel that they can tell when we're present and when we're not present. And if we're paying attention to when they're signaling us, we can really get into that dance, into that partnership where the animal can say, hey, take a break now. And we go, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. You know, and then you do that in a minute or whatever, a couple minutes outside, and they're ready to come back in and be fine again. So, yeah, they, they serve us greatly in that way. They do. And
1: again, not just the dogs. So, you, you have a story about a wild rabbit and how <laughs> this rabbit trained you to be more present.
2: Yes. Well, this was when I was a student in the trust technique, which I'm now certified in. And this is a method of learning how to get more peaceful and how to connect to animals at a deeper level. And I have some wild rabbits. that There's like my fence has like holes and ways that they can come and go. (laughs) So they have the run of the neighborhood here where I live. And, um, They're wild, so you don't pet them or or touch them or interfere with them. But I do give them baby carrots, right? So I leave them little baby carrots. And what this rabbit began to show me was, if I was extreme, I mean at at my maximum capacity for peace, really at my highest level, the rabbit would come and eat in front of me, like you know, ten feet away. But if I got a minute, I got into thinking or some where I'm not really present the rabbit would run you know would just run they're very you know they're prey animals so they really are, have a very quick response of flight you know and uh, so i got to the point where you know at first it would be like if i was thinking that the rabbit would leave if i even moved my eyes like left to right the rabbit would 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 startle i mean so fine tuned that this rabbit was that i really it really helped me deepen my practice of getting peaceful to the point of which I could sit in my rocking chair and even exercise on my equipment and the rabbit would continue to eat as long as I was peaceful. So in the beginning, any movement would trigger the rabbit to, to run. But now uh, the rabbit is just, it's really cute. We'll sit. I don't know if it's the same rabbit, but th- I think they learn from each other. So like the rabbits are still, they, like when I meet a new rabbit, I like, can tell they're a little younger and, but they seem to have learned this what the deal is
1: <laughs> well they're communicating too right they're that's like right. oh hey, Jeannie's fine if she's not she's moving, okay but, as long but, as she's peaceful stay away from ed because he's got a bb gun
2: right <laughs> exactly exactly yeah so that's very fun and um you know it's interesting i think peace is important for all beings you know to experience that presence and that sense of peace and there was a story i forgot the name of it. it's an italian sweater manufacturer that makes these like really high-end, you know, cashmere sweaters are like $2,000 a sweater. I don't know who can afford those. But anyway, they have discovered that if they can keep the sheep peaceful, it produces a better quality of wool. So these are Mongolian farmers and they understand they have to pay the farmers more to keep them, make the farmers feel less stressed so that then the sheep feel less stressed, the whole system. And then the, the sweater is nicer and the person wants to wear it more because it's come from peaceful sheep, you know, so it 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 makes good economic sense, too. <laughs>
1: Well, it's all energy, right? So it's all energy. Why wouldn't that translate down the line? Yeah,
2: exactly. And it's the same thing. Like if you go into a restaurant, sometimes like the waiter will or the host will seat me, and I was like, "Oh my god," the person who was sitting here is like, "This was not a night. I have to change. I have to go to another table." The previous customer was all stressed out or something. Mm. It can be interesting to be too sensitive to that stuff, but but yeah, it's really amazing the animals. When they're peaceful, when you when you go into a restaurant, if if there's tension in the kitchen, it's the food isn't as good. You know, there's a real difference when 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 everybody involved in the food is in a peaceful state versus when they're not. So, yeah, it's all energy, as you said.
1: <laughs> I want. I got another question for you about yeah. this. a horse. You were shown how to heal, or that healing was possible by a traumatized. Horse. What was yes. that about?
2: this was a horse named Miss Betsy and she was in a horse sanctuary and she had had a very rough past. You know, they were, uh, you know, here in Tucson, they were forced to be drug runners in the desert and they tie the horse's feet together. They're highly traumatized. And when they're finished with the horses, they just leave them in the barn to starve. So it's just, it couldn't be worse for horses. I guess it could be worse, but it was pretty bad. And so she got rescued by this sanctuary where I was volunteering. And at first she was so dangerous that The farmhands had to just throw the hay over, like from a distance, because getting near her would, all four legs, she would kick, you know, just, she's a really, really dangerous horse. And I began working with her when I was in my training for the truss technique, and she just opened like a flower. I mean, she became the best therapy horse I've ever worked with. And it's interesting that sometimes animals and people who've had trauma, these are the ones who can become the healers. These are the ones that can really heal. And with Miss Betsy, at first she was terrified of dogs. She would just bolt. And we got to the point where Sophia, my little dog, and she and I could just walk peacefully, you know, just take walks together. And when I would bring people to meet her, just being in her presence, they could feel healed. I mean, they just to look at her and walk with her. And they would just say, my God, you know, I've been healed, you know, it was, she just had this extraordinary presence and she was very big horse, you know, and she had been through a, a rough life, but she had learned to discover, find her peace. You know, we worked together many sessions and I Uh, It just really made the point to me that we do not have to be at the mercy of our past. It is possible to heal no matter what. And this horse showed me that because she had this horrific past. She couldn't be ridden. She had all these scars and everything. Um, But she was beautiful spirit and she was fully present. And just to look at her. I mean, I remember one day when I was sort of finished with, I had to do 12 sessions with her for my training and write up what I was doing and we finished with that sequence and I was just sitting there. She was very low um, in the herd. She was the bottom of the rank of the herd, you know, like they were all mean to her. She always wanted to be friends with them and they would never be nice to her. (laughs) But so I would let her free feed from the hay, hay bales and let the others watch to help show the other horses, hey, this is an important horse, you know, and she said we would do this and she loved that. And one day we were doing that after my finished with my required sessions with her. And she just stopped eating and came and stood in front of me and looked at me in such a way with so much power and so much tenderness and so much grace that I almost fell off my chair. You know, it was so profound. The 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 way that she should said thank you basically was she was giving me her gratitude for you know making her the special one in the herd and giving her so much love and uh, you know miss betsy was an awesome horse she she passed but she was 20 27 when she passed so she had a good life yeah, uh, yeah.
1: that reminds me of the the wounded healer Stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Um, I love maybe a lot of people don't know what that is, but people who have been through um, some really tough things and have yeah. decided to take that as an impetus to help others heal as well.
2: Yeah, you know, because you've experienced it, you you know it, and you um you can meet people where they are. Other yeah. people have been traumatized and, you know, you're not like, oh, get rid of it or whatever. You know, you understand that it really is hard, and um, but you've chosen to use that as, you know, pure energy. You've transformed that energy from suffering into healing and that leads to great compassion. So, Miss Betsy was a, she was nice to all the other horses that were never nice to her. She was always trying to be friends, you know? So, Yeah. It it It's beautiful to see a being that has had a, a rough history become such a great, profound healer.
1: Yeah, I've experienced that with my dogs. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, this has been really fun to talk with you about animal presence and how animals are masters of the present. And I can't wait for our next show.
1: I'm excited. This is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Folks, if you have questions, reach out. Reach out to Jeannie or myself. Maybe we'd love to talk to you. Yeah, this is just amazing. There's so much
0: going on out there, folks. So Thank you. All right. Well, we'll take see. care, everybody. We will we'll see
2: you next time. See
0: you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Human Animal Connection Show. Please visit our website, thehumananimalconnection.org. There you can sign up for our free email newsletter, book a consultation, or check out our blogs and resources. Our best-selling book, The Human Animal Connection, is available on Amazon. And your donation of any amount keeps our nonprofit organization providing life-changing services. You can reach Michael Overley, author of Let Your Dog Lead, musings on how to create an exceptional life, on his website at dogsandmen.com or email michael at dogsandmen.com. Let's talk pets
1: every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.